0: Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we're back um, just enjoying conversations, lively conversations. So what are we talking about today, Megan?
1: Well, today we're talking about a subject that I think needs to be talked about. It's not necessarily easy to talk about, um, but I think open sharing and and maybe even the, what I'm hoping for in this episode is for us to actually model how we can share our hearts, um, about things that are maybe difficult without judgment and without, you know, going down an a ugly path, but with honesty mm-hmm. and in particular, the topic is the trials that the church is going through right now right. and the confusion that exists, um, from the very top and, you know, I think it's good that this podcast will be airing. Well, honestly, you know, it'll be airing a little, a couple weeks or so after we record it. And I don't know what new scandals will come up between now and then, but at, at least it's giving a little space between some of the issues that, that we've kind of dealt with more recently and to just have that moment of like pause and then to enter in and what I want, I'm hoping in this episode to be a little different than what I've heard a lot of other podcasts talk about as it relates to the things that are going on in the Vatican um, with the more visible church. Let's call it that the, the vis the very visible church um, is I don't want to to discuss so much the rights and the wrongs and the like details of this document or that document or this statement by the Pope or that statement by the Pope but really how we're experiencing this moment in the church his, in church's history right. as faithful Catholics who want to live the gospel with authenticity and with passion and are struggling with our leadership.
0: Right. Right. And you and I have actually a little different approach to this, which I think that makes for a little better show too, because both of us kind of, yeah, sure. our perspectives are a little bit different, I think. Same, but different.
1: (laughs) We'll have to explain that a little more. Okay, well, let's do it. So, when you say, Where's your heart?
0: Where's your heart? No, you get to go first. Yeah. Where's your heart right now as as it regards to the state of the church?
1: It's hurting. Mm -hmm. My heart hurts, uh, honestly, because um, I love the church. I love what she teaches, what she truly teaches. I love scripture. I love the catechism. I love the idea of what the church can be. And I'm struggling what she is, what she is right now. And Mm. I'm struggling not only because of disillusionment within myself about what I hoped for when I converted to this faith, as far as the fidelity to the teachings of the church, but also more so how it impedes our witness in the world because when we are embroiled in conflict and disagreement and lack of clarity in teaching and even to the point of scandal where there are people who are devout Bible believing Christians who maybe are not Catholic but truly believe every word in the Bible and they're seeing our church as not being faithful to the Bible, whether that's true or not. And that's the point I really want to make here. We're not, I'm not here to argue about whether doctrine has changed or anything is really different or any of that. I'm talking about the perception that the world has of a church, of our church right now, which true or untrue is not clear. And to my heart is not compelling, and my desire is that every single human being on this earth would desire to become Catholic and do it. Mm-hmm. From the people who are nearest and dearest to me to a stranger I will never meet, because I am convicted that this church was founded on the teachings of Jesus Christ and came to fruition through His life, death and resurrection and was born in the spirit on the day of pentecost and it has a mission in the world to convert souls and when i see things happening that i really strongly feel compromise that mission yes it hurts my heart yeah so that's where i'm at yeah. okay where are you at where am i at
0: i agree with everything that you're saying it was my heart is not it's, it's aching to a certain degree because the smoke of Satan has entered because wherever there is division, there is Satan. So the smoke of Satan has definitely entered in. However, in this point in time of human history and the church, God has allowed this to happen. I agree with that. So he's allowed it to happen. So I have this attitude of what are you up to Lord? Lord, And I try to look at things like, oh, like right now, sometimes I often see the whole um, where I feel like he's separating the sheep and the goats.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Among bishops and priests and laity as well. Who's the real deal and who's not? Is that what he's up to? So I kind of look at it as like, what are you up to, Lord? Yes. Is it is it painful? the division is what hurts me the most. Like I've even had that in my own family. I talked a episode ago or so about, um, my nephew and I going to little friendly verbal sparring over church doctrine. And he was referencing pre Vatican II, And I was post Vatican too. Right. Mm-hmm. So it causes division, you know, and it even as recently as the document that, um, we don't really want to talk about the document itself. um, But the effects of a talk when the priest at our, our parish tried to, was explaining and trying to clarify to a husband and wife. And the wife came away, heard something completely different than the husband did. Ergo the confusion. Okay. And that was really heartbreaking for me because I saw them starting to argue And then again, the first thing I think of is smoke of Satan Mm -hmm. that will divide people because of the um, lack of clarity, which is definitely a real issue, but we always have to go back to the Gospels.
1: Yeah. And, you know, while my heart definitely hurts as it relates to the concept of division, because anybody who knows my conversion story knows that unity was a huge, huge theme that the Lord used to bring me to the Catholic faith. So unity is very important to me. But unfortunately, if there are things being promoted that are untrue or contrary to the gospel, there must be division because the reality is, is that we can never, stand together with one who stands against the truth. And so those dividing lines then come, where is the truth? Where, how do we know the truth? Right. And, and the reality, the truth also, hasn't changed. Right. Exactly. The truth doesn't change because the truth is, is the Jesus truth. Christ. That's right. it, it's, the, it's not a concept. Right. It's a person. Right. And so that question of how are we understanding Jesus, who he is, what his gospel says, what the church is meant to be in relation to him, the bride. She's also meant to be the one who safeguards apostolic teaching. So when we see things happening that seem to contradict apostolic teaching, which has been accepted teaching, for the entire history of the church, what are we to do? Right. And so I, but I, you know, I agree with your point that the Lord's allowing it and in the Bible verse that comes to mind is when Christ says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Right. And this reality also that Jesus himself will always be a place where there will be points of diversion, and because, you know, when Simeon's prophecy over the life of Jesus is that, like, he will be a sign of contradiction, right? And so, ideally, it would be the church speaking the truth of Jesus Christ, and then the contradictions would come outside of the church, and the church would stand firm on the foundation of Christ himself and, his, and the teachings that he gave to his apostles and handed down. But this confusion calls into question, is the church to the visible world being who she's called to be? And, and so it brings up that question that i you know, you and I both have read a lot of what mystical seers of the day say, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we both oh, are yeah. pretty well-versed on mm-hmm. what people who claim to be experiencing private revelations are saying. And there is a term that keeps coming up time and time and time again among all these different people who live in totally disparate places and situations who aren't contacting each other, hold true to the true magisterium of the church, which then comes to this question. Is there a false magisterium of the church and this idea of a visible versus like church that's less visible, but the true. And so then, and everyone's just, it's all confusing, right? Those are the realities that we're living in right now. And the thing that I really wanted to address about it is not so much that these confusions and difficulties exist and try to solve them, because I think that's totally beyond our capabilities. But just really speaking to what, I really feel myself as a Catholic who wants to be completely faithful feel lacking in our what we're receiving from our pastors right now. And what that I feel that is is an attentive listening heart, an understanding heart that says, I understand this is hard. This is confusing. And it's not wrong of you to feel confused. Yeah. That's not sinful. It's not doubting the church. It's just being honest about the circumstances that exist and being, feeling like you're supported in that reality.
0: You want to be shepherded.
1: I want to be shepherded. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think we're struggling with a lack of shepherding. We're, we're being told, Oh, you shouldn't worry about that. Or, Oh, nothing's really changed. So what's your problem? But the Sorry, you don't is, really understand then.
0: yeah, and That's another thing. So
1: here's a question for you. If you asked the average media watching non-Catholic right now, how does the Catholic Church feel about gay unions? Because mm-hmm. that's been in the news a lot. Right. What do you think that person would say?
0: Well, I hear that Pope Francis is very progressive and he's moving in that direction.
1: And that they've changed their teachings and now they're able to bless those unions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can have this argument about the fine letter of the law of that document, whether that's true or not. But the reality is that is the conception of a lot of people in this world now. Mm -hmm. So how do we function in that in a way that's holy, that doesn't denigrate the church, but also is honest about the fact that yeah, What's going on
0: is confusing. It is confusing. And there's another component. I think it's very important to understand that a lot of the faithful are are aware of that, like, in all honesty, okay, yes, nothing's changed with this, but this indeed is a slippery slope and open the door to blessing of same-sex unions in the guise of something, even though it's said, not like marriage and so forth and so on. So many people see the proverbial writing on the wall of the door being opened. It's like this inching forward and inching forward and inching forward Mm -hmm. is what it appears to be to many people.
1: Right. And the reality is, is that for someone to say that you're being naive or you're being too reactionary to believe that, well, okay, that's, that's so dismissive of somebody's feelings. But then also the evidence is that, the church as a whole, at the level of bishops and cardinals, is also struggling to be unified on this topic. So don't tell me, because I'm just a lay person who doesn't have a theology degree, you should, you're you just overreacting, you shouldn't be confused by this. When there are bishops of the church that are saying, this is confusing, I won't do this, or whatever. So clearly, there's things and going on. And then why on. does
0: Africa get a pass, but the rest of the world doesn't? There's another part that's like kind of confusing.
1: Well, yeah. They so said it doesn't that. apply. It
0: can't apply to us. We can't do this in our country because of our culture and our people. Well, okay. Well, why is it okay for us and not for them?
1: Right. So which again is this, there's just this division sweeping in and there's different rules for different people. And this just isn't, isn't the church. Right. And then. So then you've got, so we, you know, there's been so much talk about that document, but then just recently, a couple of days ago, you know, we have this interview with Pope Francis talking about how he hopes that hell is empty. Well, the teachings of the church and from what I can read in scripture, Jesus said clearly that there are going to be people who choose to reject him or have throughout their life. They will go to hell. So that question of, should I as a Catholic hope for something that's contrary to what the church teaches? Like why would I set myself in a position to hope against the church teachings being true and coming from the very top? That's confusing. That's hard. And to make, to be made to feel that we should just not make a big deal of that, to think that that's an overreaction, to feel in a way, abandon to good leadership. Like, I want the Pope to lead with strength and conviction and courage in what Jesus taught us. And when he's saying, well, because I want to be, basically it's this place of, I, because I hate the idea of anyone going to hell, I just like to ignore the reality that Jesus said it happened. Or that people actually choose it. Yeah. So if I want to ignore that, well, why shouldn't I just feel like, well, maybe I can hope that the church is wrong about its sexual teachings. Maybe I can hope the church is wrong about forgiving people. Like, at what point are we no longer anything except hoping for what we want to be? Yeah. Instead of acknowledging the truth of what the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God himself told us is right right
0: so how are you how are you reconciling this in your day to day your prayer life and in living life you know clearly you're very passionate about it and it's very troubling to you um so what does your day to day look like as as far as the way you're viewing things
1: well you know the interesting thing is is that when i have this increase in voices that seem to be confusing and maybe even more of the enemy than they are of the Lord, my response has been, I need less voices. I need to listen to him more. And one of the things I've really experienced ever since this stuff has really started to ramp up even more, it just seems like day after day after day, it's another thing. You know, what I have really come to experience is, Looking at prayer as a place of refuge. You know, we talk, people who are kind of end timesy talk about refuges Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. That's right. But I have really, really come to embrace prayer as a refuge where I can feel safe, where I can feel that I'm not going to be led into confusion, that I'm not going to be, you know, told things that are questionable or downright untrue there is always a place for me to go. And that's right into the arms of the Lord. And so that's, that's the good thing. That's the beauty of the confusion and of the hardship. If we choose to run to the Lord and say, you are my safe place, you are my rock. I'm gonna build my entire existence on you and trust that you will take care of your church. That's not my job. And I'm not taking that on as my job. but it doesn't mean that my heart can't grieve because the reality is his heart grieves. Mm, yeah, and in sure. that grieving, in that suffering, you know me, I'm a passionist. So that's where I can find a place of deeper intimacy and unity with Jesus. So it's not all negative. It's not negative necessarily even for me spiritually. Actually, there's growth in, sp- in my own spirituality as I face these things outside of me. Where my grieving really is, is for souls who I want the church to be a beacon, a light on a hill, a place of refuge, a place of truth. And when I see that it's not being experienced as that more and more in the world, that grieves my heart.
0: Yeah, clearly. So how about
1: you? How are you experiencing it?
0: Are in your day to day um, you know what? It's probably not a super healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> um one of my MOs when things have gotten really hard in life, not necessarily these days as much, um, because I really try to to face things head on. But I was I was pretty angry uh, a couple of years ago when um when confusion was really starting to become apparent mm-hmm. before today. This has been a couple of years ago. And I was very angry, and I spent a lot of time being angry about um, things that were being said, things that were confusing, um, that my church didn't look like it did when I came into the church. I came mm. into under, under JP2, and he is just a good papa, uh, sitting at his feet to learn too, which is beautiful. I'm gonna weep just thinking about it. But mm. and same with Benedict, just beautiful. You just want to sit and and learn from them at the foot. So it was, you know, like, oh, uh, we got a grumpy grandpa. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I really, ha- I did a lot of praying at that time because I did not want to be angry. I didn't think that's where mm. God wanted me to be was sure. angry. Yeah. So I, I really, um, like a lot of things like with the news, you know, I'm a big newsie. You and I are both big newsies. We really yeah. have a, we like following it. We like human events. Um, We love people. And I think that's where that comes from, honestly, is we have a real passion for God's people. And I just said, Pam, if you're going to have peace of heart, you're going to have to largely start to incubate yourself or ignore these, uh, the larger scandalous things that come out in the news regarding this topic. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's hitting the ground now where it's in front of me coming from the pulpit at times right. under directive to talk about it. And uh, that's disconcerting. Um, I love my priest so much. I pray for him all the time. And I, I'm concerned for our priests, you know, like I think we should be turning to them as well because we need holy priests that Mm. can stand firm in the truths of the gospel. So to answer your question, I have a kind of a little bit of an amnesia over it an insulation from it because Mm. I spent a lot of time being angry and it wasn't a good anger. Right. So I learned to, to really glean the good that said sometimes there's some good that said from our Holy father and to try and take and take the good and just slough the bad. Um, and just kind of let that just fall and let it blow away with the wheat and the chaff kind of thing.
1: Yeah. One of the things that, you know, really comes to mind for me is that, you know, how blessed we are to have each other and and other close spiritual friends that we can talk about these things and share them and, and know that we're, we're not coming into a place of judgment and, and everything. But I also feel that one of the ways that this could be an opportunity for parish communities is, you know, if we're really going to be this synodal church, you know, this, this whole concept of listening and everything like that as, as something that they're promoting in the church. Well, we don't need to have directives from on high to tell us we should listen to each other and we should care about each other's hearts. Right. And so I would really like to see more efforts happening at the parish level absolutely to yeah. have listening sessions you know to have an opportunity for us to come together in a non-liturgical setting you know so that we we, we can be a little more free form about what's going on right. pray to the lord for his guidance and then talk to each other about how we're feeling and where we're at and the confusions that we have and to journey together through this, because it's so easy to get separated into camps and be like, Oh, you're one of those people. And you're one of those people. And, and not really understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And so we can make it an opportunity to grow in our knowledge of each other and to really show each other that we care about our hearts and that to not just judge somebody for, you know, agreeing with this or disagreeing with that but just say yeah. tell me why why you feel that way how did you come to that or or just even just say it's okay it's okay to be hurt by this confusion and to struggle to understand it and we're not necessarily going to figure this all out right yeah. now but the very fact that we've shown each other that we care to hear each other's hearts could really be a great good that could come out of this, but I don't really see it happening. At least I know for myself. So I'm kind of weird in the sense that I'm not super plugged into one parish. Like I go to daily mass at one parish and then I split my Sunday masses at another parish. And then, you know, that's here and, you know, closer to where I live in the city. And then my parish that I live out in the country. So I don't have this really tight knit, um, parish community that I'm plugged into, but but I am seeing what's happening at three different parishes, and I have seen nothing like what I'm talking about. This kind of more formal. Let's get together and talk, and let's share our hearts, and let's help each other navigate some really confusing times. Because whether you think the church is going to hell in a handbasket, or whether you think everything's Fine, and nothing's changed, I think we can all agree it's confusing,
0: right, but you know what I want to speak a, a really grand word of hope um, that I've really had. Uh, this comes back from the very beginning when things were started because that's when the iron struck for me. It wasn't like this build up. it was immediately when things were getting strange and confusing, and my son-in-law who went to seminary he says. We must always remember the lay faithful are the church, not the structure of men, not the hierarchy. We are the church. So how are we doing? And I might add, along with what you were saying about the parish level, every great government system begins from the ground up, not the other way around. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is loving our neighbor in our parishes, listening, like you're saying. And I I do have people come and ask me from time to time, what is your take on all this stuff that's going on? And, you know, our response should always be, you know, we, we are the church and it's not going to progress further than we allow. Right. And to go and encourage that there's hope because there's so many faithful people. And I think that's part of our call as apostles, Megan, to go and bring more people into the fold that have the peace, love, goodness, and kindness and faithfulness to the magisterium that we know to be true.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not, while I definitely believe that the lay faithful are an incredibly important and essential part of the church, I don't want to dismiss the importance of the hierarchy because the reality is is that, We are built in our very DNA to follow leadership. Right. Human beings follow Follow leaders. Good leadership. No, no, actually, (laughs) no, that's not true. We follow leaders and we will follow bad leaders into bad places if that's where they're leading because that's our nature. And so we cannot dismiss the hierarchy and just say, ah, oh, well, they're not really the, the whole real church. Like we're really the church. No, we need to pray for them. Definitely. We need to speak truth into circumstances and, and with charity, of course, always. Yeah, and,
0: but the big picture. Isn't that how God founded it? And that Christ founded the church as we are the church. The people are the church. Yeah, but he says Because they he, are made of men that are really- But he, he had, of, had
1: apostles- and then he had Peter. So there's, there's a hierarchy that exists and it exists because he made us to live in hierarchy because we are made ultimately to live in obedience to him. And you learn obedience. And part of learning obedience is, is a hierarchical structure of the church. And so just for example, like you know, back in the day when Christ was around, he wasn't dismissing the Pharisees and the Sadducees and saying, just ignore them, forget about them So do what they say, not what they do. Right. So he's acknowledging their witness is bad. The way they're living their lives is not consistent with what has been revealed to them by God, but don't dismiss what's been revealed to them by God, that they're preaching, even if they're not following it. And so when we have teachings of the church that have been handed down, through the hierarchical structure let's not throw out that when we even though we maybe have leaders who aren't being faithful to it because the Lord still expects a hierarchy within his church. I don't think we want to get down too far into this idea that we can just toss out the hierarchy. I think that's an important point to make. But what I think is also important is for us as laity, to understand that we're not necessarily going to have the pastors that we desire at this time for a lot of different reasons. It could be we have heretics. Maybe there's that. Maybe there's just that we have people who are confused about when they have to be obedient and when they don't, or maybe it's they're protecting their own position and they're fearful of speaking out for whatever reason. There's a lot of reasons right now. We might not have good pastoral leadership. So we need, to attend to the hearts of each other. We need to be proactive about asking each other, how are you doing? How are you navigating this? Are you okay? Because the reality is if we don't keep checking in on each other, people are going to get lost. People are going to get disillusioned and so discouraged that they just walk away. And that is the biggest tragedy of them all. Not bad leadership, lost souls. And that's yeah. what we need to attend to.
0: So that's, that's that's kind of how I think we want to wrap up this mm-hmm. episode. We we'll talking about being attentive to your neighbor and their needs and their pains within how they're hurting with the church and have open dialogues with yeah. them. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. And just to really be proactive and don't be afraid to, to step in there and just say, how you doing? You know, there's a lot of confusion. Are you okay? Uh, and, so I thank you that you're a person that I can go to with my discouragements and and anger or hurt or whatever it is, and so I really appreciate that. And, mm. and I
0: well, when you're in relationship with the church or with each other, those things are going to happen.
1: Yeah. So, so we hope that maybe this will prompt some conversations among our listeners, uh, encourage them to reach out to others that might be struggling, but also be willing to be open about their own struggles um, and allow church to be there for each other Amen. And to be that unified body that Christ so desires us to be. And, and there will be grace of the Holy Spirit to, to help us in that journey. Amen. All right. Well, we, we thank you so much for listening in and we hope that you will come back next time. If you think this would help somebody, please share it. And until next time, we hope you'll remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless.